Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. I'm Len, and uh, you're listening to What the Actual Fuck podcast. Don't know what the fuck that is. Some shit. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF, this country podcast. Now, first, he's the man who was just riding his bike up Birdie Hill. He's a milkman by trade and has trouble blowing his nose, let alone blowing a hot water bottle up. It's Neil! <laughs> Hello. Well, there's a lie straight away, because I wouldn't right. be riding my bike up a hill. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but you do like hot water bottles, don't and you? I, and I do like to blow my nose, though. You, um, do you do? Have you got your hanky? I have. Today? I've always got my hanky. <laughs> man with a hanky. A man should never be without a hanky. Indeed. Now, our guest <laughs> this episode is the second part of our planned Sky Sports News trilogy. He's our Empire Strikes Back, if you will. <laughs> he is the suave and debonair presenter of Sky Sports Sports News and his sports scenarios are a daily staple on Twitter. It's Ed Draper. Hello. Welcome. Hello, Thank you very much. The Star Wars metaphor even more powerful because we're <laughs> surrounded in your your wonderful shed by uh, Star Wars memorabilia as well. Indeed. And if uh, if Hayley McQueen is listening, she is Return of the Jedi. That's oh, what we're I aiming see. for, yeah, you yeah, see. Yeah. So uh, that, I will pass it on definitely. That we've, that wonderful. On. Wonderful. And that, that makes Tom a new hope just to let, let, Tom, <laughs> yeah, yeah. let Tom know about that. So thank you very much for joining us, uh, Ed. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, like we said um, before we got on air, it's, I expect to see a yellow ticker under your face because that's how I always see you. <laughs> they look more like a lumberjack tonight than a Sky Sports News presenter. It's very good. Flannel. It's casual casual on. Yeah, casual casual, casual, casual. casual. So we'll start with the, the basic question. We start every single Superfan uh, episode. How did you find this country? I found it through family, actually. And bizarrely enough, my sister-in-law, who's lived in Gloucestershire for, Gloucestershire for about 25 years, she's called Kerry, and she started watching it with her husband. I think thought the whole thing was hilarious that she was called Kerry and the Kerry in the programme. And they recommended it to us and got on BBC iPlayer. I, the two series were there, so I was a bit late to the party as well. But I don't know whether I watched it before Tom, because Tom was what watched it this summer. I think I was spring. Right, And right. kind of ripped, ripped through them. Um, so yeah, it was a binge the, watch? You, it was pretty much a binge watch, actually. We, we sort of watched my wife one, two episodes, and then... 
um i think i was away with work and i watched a few more and yeah it was pretty much pretty fast fast and furious through because i don't even think of them almost as two series because i watched them so quickly although in retrospect people say now there was a there was a difference wasn't there because the writing changed the added writers to it is that right second second series i think and the second series the the producer and the director and, yeah, had they, a little bit more of an input yeah. uh, on story and stuff yeah, yeah but yeah so you can see that in retrospect but at the time it was just it was rifling through them and it was yeah it was great because I mentioned my sister-in-law and I sort of moved around as a kid. I was London originally moved around, but we grew up in well, 11 to 18 in Malvern, went to Chase High School. so not far away up the, uh, up the road, but my um, in-laws live in Upton St. Leonard. So they're sort of just outside Gloucester. And it's so, you know, the Pebble Dash houses where Kerry lives and that yeah. sort of stuff. There's those sort of houses in Upton St. Leonard. There's a lot of similar characters there. Uh, and obviously the accents are the same and stuff. So it's just, uh, it was uncanny, really. Mm. And it also parallels with Malvern growing up and those kind of small town village mentalities and stuff. And so did it become like a water cooler chat moment um, at, at work then? It did with Tom, yeah, and the people that have watched it. It's one of those weird things nowadays, isn't it? Because everyone watches different things. So mm. it's like you strike gold with someone who's kind of on a similar project to you. And um, I think because this country is only... 12 episodes you, you get a kind of rounded picture but people get a, whereas i think things like lord of the you know not lord of the rings what i think game of thrones game of thrones that's it yeah um the people are sort of series behinds and stuff like that whereas and i think it's almost like you don't need to even talk just talk about the characters almost more than the sometimes mm. the actual episodes when you're when you're catching up mm. but mm. the majority of the episodes are like standalone episodes they have a thread through, through them but you wouldn't it doesn't matter if you miss one or yeah. jump the timeline of episodes. But if you say, like, yeah, what about Len? Or, you know, like, mm. isn't that incredible? Yeah, people just go, yeah, and just jump onto that. So it is a, it's a great conversationalist. You just sit there in disbelief because it's, it's just like, it's hilarious and tragic at the same time, isn't it? In a similar way to The Office. <laughs> but then The Office, I think, was a bit, when you look back at it, you're more, I started watching some of the episodes again this week, you're more inclined to go back and enjoy these, I think. There's a bit more heartfelt warmth to it whereas the office was just pretty bleak by the end of it wasn't yeah. it, <laughs> it was very uncomfortable roll, to roll, watch the english sometimes. one yeah it was like kind of whereas you can see this coming again and, and being good whereas the office everyone's got pretty depressed by the end of it and mm. it was mm. running, running its course but it was it was great and obviously it reminded me a little bit of hot fuzz as well you know the uh sean Peck, oh, yeah. they're, from, they're from brockworth aren't they between, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's between right between cheltenham and gloucester so. and funnily enough they said that the town they based the hot fuzz on was sirencester was it really? That's, really? Yeah, that's what they said. They they thought of Is it there as a secret society? Well, that's the, well, that's the thing that wow. fascinates me being in this area because I got married in Broadway and my mum and dad live in Chipping Camden, which is kind of Gloucestershire, Worcestershire border. And we're always thinking they mention Porter on the water, don't they? In those that's areas. Right. But is mm. it is it actually supposed to be Sirencester or is it it's smaller than Sirencester? It's, isn't it? I but, think it's just a, a generic sort of Cotswold town. It could be anywhere. Yeah, I mean well, it's filmed it's in North. It's more village-ish sort of thing. Yeah, because I think the reason that they wanted to move away from Siren originally was because it was just too big. Yeah. So there was almost like there's too much for these two people to do. Yeah. But she supports Swindon Town, so then it makes you think it's closer to Swindon. But then Maybe. Or the fact... Sure. Well, but then, but fair, then they mention places like Bought on the Water, which is a bit kind of north Yeah, of but here to be and, fair... I know there's Cheltenham Town, and, yeah. and no disrespect to any Cheltenham Town <laughs> fans, but I the same division I, this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah. I, I always used to go as a youngster. I always, Swindon Town was oh my god, it's a football club, a yeah. real football yeah, club, yeah. and it wasn't played Premier League when we were kids. When I was a kid, yeah, so that was, oh yeah, that was ninety two, was it? And then ninety four, four, well. Glenn four. Bottle was he took them there, didn't he? Ninety four, that's right. Player manager, straight up, straight down. Yeah, <laughs> they were. They, they were. But, a few goals, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Lost to Liverpool five nil. Um, <laughs> well, they beat Tottenham. 
did they? Yeah, they did. <laughs> but, they knew, but the, sh- the football shirts are brilliant. The way she wears. <laughs> oh yeah, that's one of the, the the attractions and the tracksuits and stuff. It's kind of with proper. the four lions. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have a favourite episode throughout the two series? Then I was thinking about this because I watched the episode again. Um, the ones I like. I don't know why because I became a dad three years ago, and the sort of parenthood fascinates me and what people are like and and how it brings out the best and worst of people but like martin mucklow anything involved with him i like and it's obviously horrible the way he treats kerry and you know she seems to hate her mum more than she loves her dad but hates her mum and mm. her mum although she's obviously bizarre and just shouts from upstairs she seems to obviously look after kerry more than the dad but kerry sort of keeps going back to her dad what's it curtain says like a dog with a you know wag, wagging her tail all the time mm. and stuff and that relationship with martin mucklow is when they're in the caravan when he's been Done allegedly for peeping, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom. and they're sort of getting a bit closer, aren't they, and things like that. And Playing the flight simulator, yeah, the flight yeah. simulator. They thought that was one of the sweet moments. So I quite, I liked that, and I also liked the one with Curtin and Martin Mucklow when he goes and works with him, and then, uh, then the banter it the goes wrong, and, and it ends up yeah. not, <laughs> ends yeah, up not uh, some of the high comedy with the yeah. wheelbarrow and everything. And so that Martin Mucklow is actually really sensitive, and you know, doesn't, yeah. doesn't like he's not allowed to actually make fun of him and all that kind of That's stuff. Right. So I like those those two stick in my, but I like I like the one with the tent and the, going back into the tent to number two and getting lost on a birthday and things like that. To be fair, there's not one I don't like. I quite like the um, the vicar's someone because that kind of brings. Uh, into sort of perspective a little bit. Yeah. He's 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 obviously trying to redeem himself for his son in a little bit with Kerry and Curtin and trying to because his son's obviously gone off the, the road. And it's also quite sweet the way that the small village mentality meets somebody from the big city and is almost yeah. in awe of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's really sweet. Well, I just think that, the thing that's fascinating because I said the episodes you love, but the reason you binge it is almost because it's the lines in there, isn't it? Mm. Even from the cause I watched the first episode of the day and when Curtin's talking about the Scarecrow Festival. Mm. And he says, um, you know, for for a minute, everyone forgets they hate each other or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in the small village, that's the kind of thing, isn't it? In small towns and villages, there's that kind of tension all the time that mm. people know each other, there's familiarity. But then there's always this this rivalry and backstabbing and you know, talk, talking about each other and like carrying man, big man and all that kind of stuff. So is Martin your favourite character then, would you say? In a, in a weird way, not like I want to be like Martin. No, 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 no. God forbid, but yeah. But I just think that, even from the, yeah, like the first episode when she goes over the road to him and says, and he's walking, obviously got a new family, hasn't he? He's mm. got a baby in a, in a stroller and a, a little kid and he says, she says, oh, can I come over later? He goes, ah, oh, no, not today. Mm. Yeah. And when she says to him in one of the episodes is, you do love me, don't you, Dad? He says, oh, I'm not capable of like, yeah. emotions like that yeah. or something. And yeah. So he's just like brutal and you think, God, I would never want to say that to my my daughter, but just the, uh, just that, incredible the fact that he's the way he acts and he wouldn't even bother to sign the birthday card but he no. time just and... a persuasive m on there yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that whole scene in the last episode when he's telling the story about this dog that he that he <laughs> yeah. killed and he had no empathy for <laughs> yeah. it whatsoever yeah. And then she says, well, you do love me, don't you, Dad? Haven't you heard a word I've said? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she, you won't even give her a lift to the police station no. when she's going to... Supposedly, oh, yeah. Supposedly. Because uh, that's a cliffhanger still, isn't it? That's that a weird is. Thing, yeah. That is. Yeah. And oh, I meant to mention, as we're recording this, they are having the preview showing of the special in oh, London right. as we speak. Yeah, tonight. tonight, yeah. Tonight, yeah. So it's 3rd of October, so... Yeah. So, so we could have We could have gone. We had tickets, but we thought we'd rather speak to you. Wow, that's a real <laughs> honour. Yeah. Do you think he believes we could have it? Yeah, we could have yeah. done it. And it's on iPlayer next yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, 10th of October. 10th of October. So, we'll so be do you know to... any idea what it is? We don't. We don't. Yeah. I, I've, we've, I've got my own theory, but I... It's I've, obviously not a Christmas special or anything. It, no, okay. no. I think, well, they've said, and it's on the, the, the iPlayer blurb. blurb, that it's set eight months after the last episode. Oh, okay. 
so we know what's happened with the prison sentence. So not, yeah, yeah. I think I, the I resolution just, will be there, and it will I be just the think aftermath. it's who is ta- who has had the eight month stretch. I don't know whether it's Kerry or but whether that's it's interesting because if it was, it's more likely to be Kerry in a sense, isn't it? That she'd only get. A short sentence. You think yeah. has he got a history? I don't. Know what's his record? I don't think like? he's, got, he's got, a... got. No. But would he go down for long for that? I mean, would I, I, I don't know. I no, don't I'm know. not. I'm not an expert. Storing but goods in. A... I think. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I think it'll be him that's gone down, yeah. and then you're gonna have that clash between the two of them, aren't you? Yeah. Again? He's yeah. going to have more hatred for his own daughter because of it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is he capable of hatred? He's not capable yeah. of hatred. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think he's he's just definitely not capable of love. That's that's Well, he is, sure. but only for himself. Yeah. With himself, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not a crime to be well endowed or whatever he's saying. Yeah, it's big We will come back to this country, obviously, but um, as, as you probably heard when we spoke to Tom, I am fascinated with Sky Sports News just <laughs> as the fact that, for me, I mean, youngsters listening to this won't have remember Grandstand and World of Sport, yeah. Yeah, no where idea, yeah. it used to be Saturday afternoon for like four or five hours. Yeah. To then go to 24-hour <laughs> sport is just like it's heaven. Yeah. You know, especially things on well, the it's Saturday. It's only 20 years old, but it seems so long now. It does. It, it feels so, like... It really does, doesn't it? just had the 20th anniversary recently, yeah. I think it's, it's the same as, like, the internet. It's like, wow. what what did people do before Sky Sports News yeah. got there? So how did you get involved in Sky Sports News? Well, I got involved... So I went... I always thought, you know, I wanted to be a professional footballer. I think most people do. Didn't, knew I wasn't going to make it and liked English. Um, so I thought sports journalism would always be a good avenue for me. I went to Loughborough. I did work experience at a local paper uh, up in Worcester, actually, when I was in Malvern. So Worcester Evening News, if anyone knows that local local paper. And then I went to uni, wrote for the magazine when I was playing football at uni. And I was coaching football in the summers in the States, in Ohio. And someone recommended to me a good journalism school out there. So I went out there to do um, a master's after I finished my undergrad. Did it, And, and it's, it's awesome out there because obviously local TV, local radio, papers, there's so much opportunity to just experience stuff and covered all sorts of american sports and cut my teeth on live tv doing american football reports and absolutely blowing it big time you know trying to call routes as they call them and trying to look at my notes and not having a clue what i was doing so being to a high school game and trying to take highlights down and come back and um and talk over them and then i came back and did local bbc radio so did actually did um, a forest green game for bbc gloucester one time reporting yeah when i was sort of 24 and and then uh worked for virgin radio which became absolute radio doing the sport on the breakfast show and around the same time i was actually doing digital stuff so a lot of online bulletins for teamtalk.com football365.com right, you might know yeah, that website yeah, yeah. and they so like a little window there we'd have football chat shows and a sort of news bulletin that got bought by sky in 2007 2008 so then i kind of worked doing that on the digital side at sky but then also worked boxing reporting rugby reporting um various things sky news sport i started doing that in 2010 presenting which is kind of shorter bulletins and that led up to uh, to Sky Sports News in I think twenty thirteen fourteen. So that's kind of the, sh- the short story of, of how I did it. Excuse me, I'm cough a bit. That's right. So you you enjoy <laughs> the the presenting side of it, and because the one thing we, again we said to Tom wasn't it just like especially things like transfer deadline day, <coughs> the excitement that must be in that room yeah. must be amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, because they, everything's ramped up, so all the reporters are in. All the bosses are in. There's an energy to it. There's just more people. There's kind of cameras all around this place, and there's a a sense that it's a it's a it's a weird one because there's jeopardy to it, isn't it? Because you're never quite sure how busy it's going to be. That's right. Until mm. the day, and it, you yeah, get, get a sense that some club clubs get a bit more savvy because transfers <coughs> are a big um, big.
big gamble, aren't they? That's the interesting thing. Yeah, you're buying, absolutely. You're buying human commodities, not not robots, so you're never quite sure what they're going to settle. Or so so what on a normal day, yeah. sort of a run of the mill day, yeah. The potential is always there that something. I'm going to. We're yeah, Thomas today. Thomas was talking about Sir Alex Ferguson, wasn't he retiring and things yeah, like that? Yeah, or mm. Steve Bruce yeah. getting sacked today. Yeah. So, how fluid is things like the script and stuff like that? Well, ma- yeah, because managers is a big one, so you have to. It, it's a bit depressing, isn't it? But you have to be constantly aware of of who's a quote unquote under pressure mm. in the record, so that you kind of have to have a look at, at their history and bio, so that if it does happen and on air, and so someone's been sacked, you give a bit of context to it. Someone like Steve Bruce, because I'm a Man United fan, it's kind of easy because I've always followed his career from being a kid watching him play at Old Trafford. So, you know, he could form a Manchester United defender, managed Birmingham, mm. Crystal Palace, and recently Hull in the Premier League. So you kind of have those things. But if, you, if it's someone you're not quite sure of, you have to kind of have a bit of context and history around it. It's easy now with the internet, you can do it. But if it's immediate, you want to get that information straight out, it's good to have a bit more than just yeah. some guy. So if you're, if you're learning of like a manager or a footballer that you don't know that much about and you need to find that out quickly... Yeah. Is it just the internet you have to use, or, or, or do you ask around the studio and say? Well, we've had, I mean, Guillaume Balagay, because we haven't got a league of coverage now, but people like him from, if you're looking at international stuff, you've got departments there, and you've got mm. the football department has, obviously, those guys have championship football league programs, so you've got specialists there, you've got stats people there who get, who've got rafts of information, so you can just drop them an email and they give you information and ahead of weekend games. So if you're working on a Saturday or Sunday at Sky Sports News, you'll get through a stats pack of. You know the, all the records, all the stuff you'd say see on a BBC website, but more in depth about that. So there's, there's information there that you can add and just throw throw in. So the teams that you can resource in addition to what's um, to what's there. But yeah, it's uh, it's quite it's, it's well prepped. But you, it's just it's just nice to be on top of those things potentially mm. they happen. But you're right. If it's something breaks, like Tom talking about it is a, is a surge of electricity because as much as you know you've got a good show and you have guests coming in who are, who are sort of rotated on to come in, but it's it's not quite the same as everything goes off piste and you just start you're freewheeling and mm. you get mm. that excitement. Obviously, it's it's sad that someone's lost their job, but it's it's almost the thing that fuels football at the moment, isn't it? It's that change. And I remember Harry Redknapp. Do you remember when he left Portsmouth and went to Tottenham? I remember mm. I was working on radio actually over the weekend, right. but it was it was a fantastic, um, I don't know, just a dramatic story really that he'd, he'd done that and. Uh, you wait for that. Yeah, you're never sure when it's going to come as well. So that's always a surprise element. So as a Man United fan, which, yeah. that's fine. I mean, we're not going <laughs> to delve well, I'm sort into... of, I'm going to have to road of it now at Cheltenham. Just <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah. Just to see some real football, smell some chips. And... But with with what's going on at United at the moment, with like pretty much Mourinho's doing something every day, Yeah. Do, when you're reporting on that, is that a little bit bittersweet? Are you sort of like got a little bit of a tear in your eye when it you're talking difficult. about the fact part... sort of melting, everything's melting down? It's almost easier to be outed as a Man U fan, eh? Because I was originally from the south of England, but my grandparents, you know, not to give my excuses, but my grandparents from Salford, that's right. why I supported Man U. But you guys, are you Liverpool and Spurs fans? Uh, yes, yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, I think anyone in this sort of area, is, you always have an affinity to a Premier League team, don't you? Absolutely. From, and it's usually when you first notice football and who was who, who was, was winning. Well. Yeah. But I was actually before because yeah. I was I supported United late eighties, but um, it was obviously tough coming through as a journalist because United was so dominant under Fergie that I think there's a lot of hatred and glo- you could use the glory fan whereas now actually you get less flack about that well, so I suppose. in a way that's the silver lining to the but if you're reporting but on the stuff like especially over the last few weeks yeah where... it's just a bit it's a bit negative isn't it the whole the whole sort of dialogue and it's mm. almost not that you not that you think you're holier than now but there's a sense of with that stability for 27 years you didn't mm. you didn't have all the histrionics and drama and mm. sack him and bring him in and 
you know, people saying Zidane should manage them and then someone else saying, well, he doesn't speak English and it's just a lot of noise around it. So it can be hard to sort of uh, keep sort of neutral and not, and not a bit downcast about everything. But then in the, in the grand scheme of things, they got second last season. So it's, it's strange, isn't it? I think, I think it's think just that's expectation. The thing that, that's the thing that a lot of people forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is because everybody lords Klopp and um, what's your manager's Pochettino. name? <laughs> Pochettino. Pochettino. Well, people, people saying, yeah, Pochettino, bring Pochettino in and to, to Man U and stuff. And yet when you look at his CV compared to Jose's on paper, it's, it's Even inferior, just in the last so. few, few yeah. years. Yeah. You know, Jose's still winning trophies. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, um, it's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. Because, I mean, I mean, Spurs just love, they, Spurs would just love a trophy, right? Because 2008 League Cup, 99 League Cup, and then... When I was a kid, I remember Lineker and Gascoigne, 91 FA Cup. And that's the last, yeah. I suppose, you, people say to count the League Cup as a big one. It's, that was the last big one. I think it'd be great for that. Don't you know? But no, but I think <laughs> no, Spurs I, and Liverpool, I, I, think, I, think, I suppose Liverpool need to go for the F. If I was a Spurs Liverpool fan, I'd be thinking the FA Cup is yeah, yeah, a big one. Yeah. I would completely agree. I mean, for what you said about Spurs, Liverpool were the same. Yeah. They've got into loads of finals over the last few years, but they haven't got over the... That over the line, and yeah. I think that's but the then the perce- but it's thing. perception, isn't it? It's interesting. The perception is maybe it's because football. Someone said to me the other day that someone I don't know, he's a, he's a, he's a lad who was very bright, went to Loughborough, became went into the city into finance. But he was saying that he uh, he saw it as like millennials who they're trying to employ now don't want don't want to kind of wait for anything. So it's all they want instant sort of work quality. So they're not waiting for earn big money down the line. And he said it's a bit like football. He said that everyone's not bothered about trophies. They just want style and entertainment now. Whereas so he said that Tottenham and Liverpool fans are happy not winning anything if they're playing nice football, which I yeah. kinda but it's, I mean it is nice to play attacking football because we we miss that more than anything I think. Even but then than it trophies. Is, it is good to win trophies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Know. yeah, win something. It's, it's it's that extra buzz <laughs> that you get, isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah. for Spurs just a couple of those big games, isn't it? Like against Juve last season mm. just getting over the line. Against United in the, the cup semi final as well, which you know, was good was great I think for good win for Jose in terms of trying to be positive about yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. at the moment. So, so have you done the presenting on the nights when there's like a whole load of football matches going on and yeah. you've got like like almost like the Soccer Saturday kind of... Well, Soccer Special, to be fair, is kind of pinned down in terms of really busy nights by Jules Warren, who's yeah. almost like Jeff Stelling's understudy, so he does... Um, <laughs> not that, no disrespect to Jules, because <laughs> it's not a bad guy to be an understudy too. Um, but he does Tuesday and Wednesdays uh, when they're sort of packed. But we'll do busy weekday nights, but I quite often do Sundays, which can be busy depending on Europa League games. So you have mm. two or three Premier League games, possibly a Scotland game. And they're quite nice Sunday afternoons because you get a couple of ex-players in to watch the games and have a bit of rugby union to update, maybe tennis, golf and, and that kind of stuff. So that's that's nice because I think it's great in the week, but if you're on a late shift or something, you, you tend to be after the you know after the event. So it's nice to be on whilst it's uh, unfolding and, right. and kind of getting to analyse games with, with pundits while they're on. Which is Would you some... say you've got the same passion for all sports then? Uh, or is there a it's... sport that you really struggle? <laughs> it's... it's um... It's fluid. It's, it's it's a strange one because I think f- football, because I played a lot of football from being like, as soon as I could walk, I kicked a ball. I think it's just a, and I almost enjoy still playing five-a-side more than I enjoy watching it because I just love, mm. love kicking a ball. Um, and I think I, I played rugby at school, so I, I have that understanding of rugby. I've, so it's the sports I enjoy from a playing perspective and then as a watching perspective. And there's other sports that I've never really played much golf, but I kind of I don't dislike golf. But then... It's interesting that the Ryder Cup becomes the biggest thing over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, most people wouldn't you know, ever watch the, the regular tour events. So it's interesting how that rises and falls. Uh, I love boxing because um, I just got into it about well, when I was a kid. I watched, obviously, uh, Nassie Hamed, Tyson, Lennox Lewis, all these people, and, and sort of 
remember hearing Frank Bruno Tyson fight in my dad's car in the back seat on I think it must have been Five Live or whatever it was before Five Live and I just loved I think everyone you know there's a respect for the courage those guys show in boxing and putting themselves on the line I work in boxing so I, but never boxed never really had an opportunity Malvin's not really known as a hot bench <laughs> boxer so, um, growing up um, but so, I kind of think of it in sports that I don't like I don't, I don't know if it's weird with sport though, isn't it because you can be places like I remember being in Amsterdam with some mates for a week, and we ended up watching the BDO darts because it was on the, the BBC in the in the hostel. And you just end up getting immersed in stuff mm. because you get into the rhythm of it. Exactly. So I don't know. If there's anything that I don't think there's any big ones that I dislike. I'm getting more and more into American football. I would get back on a Sunday night, and even though I covered it when I was in the states, but sort of there's something quite relaxing about the stop-start nature mm. and sort of what's your team mm. plays which one i don't know if i've got well because i was in ohio i probably should say the browns or the um cincinnati bengals but i don't know it's growing up in the 80s it was always like you know as a kick my uncle lived in new york to get sent back chicago bear stuff and things like that and, but then he'd send a washington redskins cap so he didn't really have much, right not much kind of uh, mm. threat to that <clears throat> but i don't know that's a, that's a good question actually who i who i really root for but it's great. The NFL is good because it changes every year, right? It's the sort of nice thing about it. I, I must admit, I was back in the eighties when Channel Four used to yeah. used to show it live. I was mad on it, and it was always the Raiders. Was, but there, there was the Los they Angeles around, Raiders yeah. then, yeah. and they went to Oakland. But it was only Raiders because it was silver and black, mm. and Raiders because the Raiders are the Lost Ark. That's how I sort of cottoned <laughs> on to them. Well, they're good with their colours, aren't they? But, I mean, we're playing. I think it's my wife said it's teal, man. You is it now? This kind of oh, is it? Yeah. Whereas I think I mean, so yeah, people change kit and people change have. kits all the time now, oh, regardless. Yeah. Of, it's every season now, yeah, isn't it? I've been Arsenal play Everton, and neither's in the home kit. Oh, no. think like what's the, I want red and blue to be on there? It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Whereas in the NFL, they really nailed down the colours haven't they they've yeah. all got their own distinctive identity because it's not where they it's not even where, what town they're in because they move around yeah um, but yeah I'm trying to think of a sport it, do you find really yourself like... getting involved in like motorsport or anything like that maybe motorsport's a good point because I'm not mechanically minded so I don't I've never really got into it much but then again saying that I love like the Senna documentary and mm. obviously we update yeah. Formula 1 now um, and it's I mean it's a tough gig reporting on Formula 1 I feel because you've got those four, three or four guys at the top and the guys have to ask them the same questions every week that's yeah. it that's a hard one. I'm watching the tensions. Cause it's like, I mean, I think once you get past the technicalities of it, it's either sports you understand all the technicalities because you played them and, and know them inside out, or there's sports that you look at it and think, for me, Formula One, I don't know about DRS and um, all the kind of configurations of the engine, but then I think, actually, it's the psychology of you know the weekend Bottas having to let mm. Hamilton go through to win the Grand Prix in, uh, in Sochi in Russia, and you think, oh, what must that be like? What must it like to be a... A number two at work, you know, mm. be like having, you know, your wife having two husbands, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you, have to, like, you know, just well, you have to my sleep, wife you have, wishes. Yeah, you have to sleep in the shed and yeah. you know, make that guy's breakfast or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah just, that you, normally happens. But, yeah, but it's uh, odd that to uh, that kind of thing to feel and to have like a rival that you have to be kind of courteous to all the time. Yeah, and, and then you're like, just ripping everything up and smashing just, into yeah, everyone. It'd just be worse well. having another bloke. <laughs> Uh, letting him go first. That's yeah. the, that yeah. the thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be the worst thing. We're in the schedule you wouldn't have to worry about. No, it, I don't, I don't yeah. think so. So is there, a, is there like a, a an ultimate job that you'd like to do? I mean, we said to Tom that like the soccer Saturday is like, is that like the the mecca, the holy grail of jobs at Sky Sports News? I think news that if, or... you're doing, if you're doing Sky Sports News, I think that's a, you, you have a tremendous respect for Jeff Stelling in the way that he can just process so much information and mm. keep on top of everything and, when you see him, because I quite often work a Saturday evening, you see him coming out of the doors in the Sky Studios in this sort of kind of a turnstile door. 
he just looks like he's absolutely drained. <laughs> and he says the information just seeps out of his head, so he has to like really? lose it and then and refresh how, his brain how, for the next. How does he do that? Has he has he got someone in his ear giving him little They'll bits be, of information? They'll little tidbits of stats, but he will have an extensive raft of notes on every game. So he'll go during the week. He'll prep, and he's prepping not only Premier League but all the English leagues, isn't he? I think that he will update. Um, the conference nationwide league now, well, all, all, all the Scotland yeah. teams, all Scottish league. Crazy. So yeah, he's got, yes. and, and he'll sort of mention players in, in, in a familiar way, not like a way he's stretching for it and, and making it up. Mm. And sort of, you know, he's, so he's, he, and, and in a way that builds over the course of the season, but particularly the first few weeks of the season must be really tough when everyone's moved around and you're having to mm. familiarise yourself with with who's who, and he's and also having to f- fly around to different reporters and know who's where as well. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's quite a show actually to behold that if you were ever around to kind of see the because there's guys upstairs watching screens hollering and there's a goal here and you know kind of sort of producer trying to decide where they go next and things so I think that for Sky Sports News is benchmark for me I, I don't know I think uh, you talk well it's a podcast here but I'd love to do a show which would be an audio or a TV show just just interviewing guys about their careers and men women sports mm. people because I'm fascinated by why you know grown man is still, I'm still obsessed with it you know in the way that you were we were as kids and yeah. what we learned from it why we love it I think it is that pursuit of excellence isn't it and that sort of um and demonstration like in boxing I think it's that raw courage that you sort of admire that whoever whether the worst boxer in the world they're still getting into that ring when mm. the bell goes and yeah, almost yeah, like I always yeah. think boxing is like stand-up comedy in a sense that people have got the guts to to put themselves out there it's, mm. it's really mm. impressive um is there any? Is there any people there? I don't want to say. Is there any people there that you don't like working with? But <laughs> but are there people there that that are, are jokers and people there that are quite serious about the job? Or well, Tom's a good laugh. He's always giving me a rib about the uh, the football scenario tweets. But I think he actually secret, right. secretly loves it. Uh, John Paul Davis is a good la- a good laugh with me because it depends who you work shifts with regularly. So I quite often went through a period of working a lot of earlies with John Paul over the week. He's a big Welsh rugby boy. Played good ru- good level of semi professional rugby and um he's he's good and gives you a good rugby tackle and a noogie when he comes in, in the morning. <laughs> uh tom uh tom's a good laugh plenty of banter no one's yeah no one's bad to be fair it's just it's interesting that because a lot of us are quite some people are set pants so mike and alex do mornings i think tom told you on from monday to thursday jim has five to eight monday tuesday thursday friday but there's no one else that's not consistently with the same people which is which is good because you have to Move around and get on with get mm. on with everyone. So it's mm. who's the biggest prankster? Who's the biggest prankster? That's a good that's a good point actually. I don't I don't know. Pete Pete's always making some off collar jokes on our WhatsApp. Pete Graves on our WhatsApp group is a bit of a bit of a lad, I'd say. So probably probably Pete of the uh, the group. I'd imagine. Have you ever been pranked on air, or has anything gone really wrong on air um, for you? I, anything? Yeah, I'll probably just me messing up. But yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if anything, anyone's really... Has anyone stitched me up on air? I'm trying to think. There's something like, you know, elusive in my in my head that I'm... Uh... Oh, there's a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a time when Tom told a floor manager called Emma that I changed my name to Eduardo <laughs> and, went, and wanted to only be called Eduardo. <laughs> so she looked at me and I'd said, I said, can I have a coffee? And she brought a coffee back because obviously we don't really get a chance to go off set. And I, I said, thank you. And she said... No problem, Eduardo. She looked away, with her eyes sort of just rolling. And I was like, what? Tom was sort of just absolutely in the commercial break towards we were coming back on air in a second. 
And Tom just started cracking up, and he just told her that basically, I don't think she knew me very well. That I was a complete diva who was uh, who wanted to be called Eduardo. So oh, that was probably uh, the most recent one that springs to mind. <laughs> I must admit, because there was a, I can't remember when it was. It was a, a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago. And you'd put a scenario out, and it was about the left back coming in. All right, and yeah. I was watching you on the TV, and you were working, and I put on there, I think John Arnarisa, <laughs> and then you'd literally. But fin- the bosses listen to this, he'll be. Well, uh... <laughs> you'd finish the thing, and then you went, and all the other said he, he wasn't on the left. And I went, how did he do that? <laughs> how, did he do, how did he do that? That's amazing. The moment is a delay where you're. I wouldn't be able to do it while I was actually physically on air, but no, no, no. But it's got. But that's the thing. Social media, actually, I think there was a reluctance at work for us to be on that during. But, but you know, a lot of stories break on there. You get a lot of information mm. and stuff like that. I was going to say things fair. like that for for transfer deadline day must be invaluable to yeah. a lot of the reporters and and to people like yourselves because yeah. you've got it there actually at your fingertips. Well, things like team news as well. Even if you've got reporters at games, often ju- teams like to jump you a bit and put it on Twitter to get their own. Oh, there's, right. a, that, there's that kind of tension right, now because right. they've got their own kind of outlets and things like that so mm. you have to be across their Twitter feed in case they drop the team news and, almost, and also as well often if they don't want you to break the team news before a certain time once they put it out you've, you've got free reign to right. to jump on it and, and go for it but yeah you need, it's, not, it's good to see that and you obviously get the, the confirmations if you think a transfer is going through they may want to have the first word themselves to say this is done Yeah. Um, so and do then you, you can validate it I was gonna say, do you all have like relationships with certain teams because I know that I'll Listen to the transfer podcast, and like you'll hear uh, Dharma's chef say, "You know, my source is at such and such a club." And I'm thinking the well, reporters more because it's interesting as presenters because we do have contacts, but it's, it's keeping those refreshes tricky because we're mostly studio based, whereas right. the reporters are out there every week at press conferences and mm. and building relationships with the press officers and and agents and, and everything like that. So people do tend to have their specialty. It could be a team they support or just one that they've reported on a lot that they've they've developed that kind of connection. They go there right. regularly and. Uh, people may go to and ask because the press conferences tend to be a, set, a certain time each week. Arsenal was always nine o'clock on a Friday morning, and Manchester United is usually a Friday lunchtime. Although Jose started half an hour early recently to try to avoid, I think, a few people, <laughs> <laughs> which apparently a lot of people who travelled a long way didn't didn't appreciate that. No. They, they missed out. But it's um, it's an interesting that that game that that kind of dance off off stage around transfers is really interesting because you've got agents. Who, whether they're feeding you information that may be true, but also maybe what they want to happen, or they may be lobbying for a position or mm. getting leverage. You know, if they're saying that so and so is interested in their player, yeah, they yeah. may want a bigger contract. You know, we quite often see that, don't we? Players linked with a, a move away, and suddenly he gets a double your money deal to to stay where he is. Mm. So it's it's, <clears throat> it's fascinating that. So I think it's it's good to have not only an agent or someone, but someone to confirm that source. We always look for a couple of sources before we go to air with it. Yeah. Um, but it's tricky in social media because people, that's the tricky thing, I suppose, in, not to be a Donald Trump, but you know, the whole fake news thing is that mm. there's so much out there now. Uh, people just putting lines out about transfers and stuff. You do have to be careful and what, mm. what's true and what's yeah. not. Or, you, or you're Peter Odom Wingy and you're just waiting in the car park. Oh, for yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the, but that, I guess that shows you as well that the transfer deadline day is about that those kind of great moments, isn't it? And unfortunately, it we had to retreat a little bit from our reporters because some of their positions got <laughs> exposed, shall we say, in, in, in areas. So yeah. Um, but that was always part of the, the drama of, of, of deadline days. It's not knowing what happened. Poor Peter Odom Wingy not getting... But that, that that you talk about this, what I like to do is show where you look back at people's careers and and things like those moments are great to actually get a player's perspective because I think yeah. 
you know, I don't know if you, what your guys are, but I'm married with a kid, and I just think if I was going home and saying, right, we're moving to Spain or Newcastle tonight or this kind of stuff, my wife would be like, no. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, just, <laughs> kids settled in school and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, think yeah. it's a different... It, we don't often look at that human side about it, and that's that's interesting to think what goes on outside of uh, playing on a Saturday. Because mm. we're always like, well, they're getting paid 100 grand a week. It doesn't matter. But you think, well... Doesn't speak English and he's living in Huddersfield. Exactly. And he's never seen, <laughs> he hasn't seen the sun for three months and he's from Buenos Aires. It's it not, might be a bit mm, difficult. Exactly. So I don't know. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a show that you could pitch to your you know, yeah. sporting greats with Eduardo Draper. Oh, that'd be Eduardo. Good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always had a, a chat guest, low, guest list which included The Rock and, and Hulk Hogan. I was trying to squeeze them into that as wrestlers. But right. Sure it, yeah. As a, I mean, the, the rock's on everything. I yeah. mean, I'm sure he came on your podcast yeah. on the show. Where... Yeah. Well, I think his Instagram feed gets more views than the, the rest true. of the world's television combined. But, that is true. Yeah. Right, uh, before we uh, finish off with a little bit more This Country Talk, we're going to play Carry Your Curtain. Oh, no, so, yeah, Tom was good uh, at this. Tom, he got four out of five, he did. Tom, did, didn't he? Yeah, he, he, he did. was kicking himself for the one that he got wrong, which I can't remember what it was. So I've got five lines of dialogue. You have to tell me if it was Kerry or Curtin. Oh, no. Are you ready? Yeah, well, as ready as I ever be. Here we go, then. While you're pining for Noel Edmonds' house party, you're missing out on Alan Carr's chatty man. That is Curtin, isn't it, in the first series? That of, is yeah, Curtin. Yeah. Well done. I watched one that the other day, actually, so I have to confess that it was... Uh... But that's another thing. How old are these guys? Because the references are like... I'm mid thirties, and they're sort of older than. That is a, that is a good point. They're supposed is, to be young twenty, sort of early twenties. Yeah, but they, 20s. would they've watched Noel? I mean, mate, I don't know. That's the thing I was trying to work out. Is like, you know, how yeah, because yeah, Noel was early nineties. That was early nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing I was trying to work out. Is that when I was a really But then young I kid. don't suppose they ever sort of say when the time is. No, that, that is. Yeah, and but you, then it's hanging, they're hanging out with twelve year olds and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Okay, number two. He did have abusive parents. Is it Kerry about Kerry? It's not. It's Curtin. Is it talking about Rob Robinson? Oh man! It yeah, is. I didn't see that one go as well. Rob okay, Rob... Yeah. number three: thirty-two grand's worth of koi carp just dead in a day. <laughs> is it Curtin again? No, that was Kerry. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's when she was talking about uh, being at the karate club and the, the and then she said over, uh... over there. Was yeah, the koi yeah. carp. So that's uh, still one out of three. Oh, man. Number four. He's not on Facebook. How can he not be on Facebook? Well, that's Curtin talking about the Robinson again. That is yeah, Curtin yeah, yeah. talking about Rob Robinson. And number five. That's great news. The plot thickens. <laughs> is it Curtin talking about the same thing? That is yeah. Curtin to when uh, Slugs comes running down the street <laughs> saying he knows where Rob Robinson oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was at three yeah, out of five. That's pretty decent. Oh, that's not yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, tr- it's weird. It's almost... I don't know why, but the Kerry ones are harder for some reason. I'm not sure. Because you no, can always imagine was... her saying that him saying them as well. But yeah, that was definitely not the worst we've had. Oh, okay, um, good. Uh, but you've got to go into work now, and Tom's <laughs> going to be lording it all over you. <laughs> Did he get three as well? Though? Did he, he got, got four, four? I think. Did he get four? Yeah. I think. I will have to double check. No, I'm certainly dead. I oh, right. think he Did was he get... gutted that he got. Wasn't the one there one wrong? where he? I wasn't sure he almost got it, but then he yeah, changed I his think, mind. Or I think it but... might have been. Yeah, yeah. But he was he was on the ball. He was very much on the ball. Yeah, on the ball. Right. So talking about the future of this country. Sounds like yeah. a political thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what no do you that think? Yeah, what what would you like to see happen, and what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think you're really conflicted, which is part of it because you know when Kurt was going to go off to college to Swindon, and you thought mm. great for him, he's getting his life started, and then 
you obviously thought you can't well you can't tear these two apart because they're the one good thing in each other's lives and so that's always the tension isn't it you want them to succeed and become something and not that they want to you know they want Kerry to go and, and work trading in London or something like that but <laughs> um you just want them to have it maybe Kerry have a relationship or Curtin to get a good job or Kerry to get a good job as well you know something that would give them a bit of direction but then it would ruin <laughs> they wouldn't have enough time to hang out together to maybe they should do something in tandem but I suppose something just yeah just another another step up for them to to think they're not going to kind of just become Kerry's not going to become big man and and Curtin's not going to become Martin Mucklow and things like that that's a good point I don't know Mm. I don't know it's it's tricky isn't it because you want them to still have uh have a lot of a lot of fun together. Obviously, you want to know the resolution of the prison situation. But it sounds like we'll know. We'll probably be after we the will, event, will it? So. Yeah, yeah we'll, I think we'll, we'll find out about that. Um, in the special. And then, obviously, the we've got Series 3 next yeah. year. But you don't think anyone will be in prison during the special? You think be I wouldn't after, have thought. I no. think with it saying that it's eight months later, I think it would have been okay. whoever is has, has done the stretches out and then they're just chatting about what has happened and maybe the, yeah. the sort of aftershock of it all, maybe... Maybe Carrie and Slugs end up together, do they, or something? Maybe. Like well, goodness me. <laughs> I think she des- well, deserves, or she should be with Dan. Yeah. Me. You think so? Yeah, from the threatening letters. I can see that working. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, because she's quite flattered by that, wasn't she? Would you ever like to see the characters, like, Carrie and Curtin, leave the village and go somewhere else? Not not for the whole series, but for an episode. Would you ever... Would that be something that would appeal to you? Well, it's not... Yeah, like a... Only Falls and Horses, Jolly, Bo- Jolly Boys Jolly Out. Boys or something. Yeah. Seaside, yeah. Western or something. Yeah, I was thinking of Western. It was weird that because we went down there on late passes, Tesh and Malvin, our first road trip, because he was a year older than me, went to four or five, went down to Western Superman for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Got lost. Saw uh, saw the tower, because the tower blocks is around the area, isn't it? They use for Only Falls and Horses, I think, even though it's in the West Country. They use I think, it, yeah, because they, they shot some of it around it. Bristol and that as yeah. well, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. So it was all around so that, I think area. It's around that yeah, area. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that, but... Yeah, that that day out in Western would be uh, be quite fun to watch, wouldn't it? The whole meet meet their seaside alternatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, there are people like everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. These characters you see everywhere. Like that scene from Shaun of the Dead where they both sort of cross over. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Also, it's like it's where what you. Because I remember a woman I worked at a TV station in Manchester, and she I was working at MUTV for a couple of weeks, and she said to me she's gone on a road trip this week, and I said, oh, really? She said, yeah. I said, where, where are you going? She said, Blackburn. <laughs> said, Isn't that about like, 10 minutes away? Oh, well, yeah. And she'd never been to London. I was like, it was really weird. But it reminded me of Hot Fuzz as well. When they're like, he said, he says, where have you been then? He said, oh, London. And he's like, London? He's like, yeah, it's about, yeah, just the M4. It's about an hour and a half that way. And, sort of, it's, yeah. and they're saying, it's yeah. like when Curtin's talking to the vicar's son. Yeah. And he says that he's from Bristol. He says, yeah. what, what's it like out in the real world? Yeah. And you think, yeah. that that's sort of sad. It's sweet, it's but it's so away, sad. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it's like their vision of like, their vision of making it is getting a flat in Stroud. Yeah. yeah. You know, and working at Halfords. That for them is the dream that their the mates world, have done. The world's so big and scary in a way. Yeah. Well, it's that yeah. big city awe that I said about. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. we used to probably get it when we were younger yeah. living in, well, I don't know whether you did, but well, living we in the small village. Well, we used to get Birmingham, yeah, sometimes to go shopping mm. for sort of an hour, but yeah. And you used to just think, it, ever, whenever I went to London when I was a kid, I used to think, oh, God, it's a different yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get coach is. trips, didn't you, Dan? So, yeah. yeah. It was good, yeah. Absolutely. Services we used to, and then, uh, 
<laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, so, uh, when are you next on our screens? Ed? I'm actually off for a, um, off for a period. Of, I've got a week off, um, so it's going to be, I think, Monday, almost two weeks. Monday, October the fifteenth, is it? I think I'm on a five to eight shift, which is Jim. Jim White must be away, so get a glamour oh, shift. Wonderful yeah, tea time. Yeah. It's very very sociable. Good if fun. we asked you in chance, you can slip in a cock womble somewhere. Could <laughs> 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 try. Yeah. Yeah. Vicky Gomez uh, might do that. Vicky, you know, Vicky's from Cheltenham as well. Oh, she's she? Brawn and bread, yeah, proper Cheltenham, yeah. Really? She? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so she's uh, so I'll see if she I'll get her to watch it and then she can come on and be a, absolutely. A local, local absolutely. So, so well. who, are there, apart from uh, Haley, are there any other this country fans? I don't know. I have to actually ask a question because I haven't maybe asked it enough. That yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> First thing on a four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> yeah. I'll get in there. I'll be like, I can't. If you watch this country, to be honest, what you want to do is, is is call everybody a cockwomble and yeah. see which of them go. Ah, well, I know. What we you're have talking to have monitors about. in the studio for when there's live sports. So if there's no live sport, and we can maybe get this country on the iPlayer and just play it back. So what a great idea. And keep keep people updated, and but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um, the day out would be a, a good way of developing, it. but it's that tricky thing, isn't it? You want them to flourish, but then the whole thing revolves around them being in the village. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It, it, I don't know whether it would kill it. I really don't know whether it would kill it. You you want them like like. Um, Curtin once said if he feels like he's in the Truman Show it yeah. sort of is if he keeps walking too long he's just going to like hit the, the end of the set, the set yeah. you know and I, I just I don't know whether just, it would just lose its desperation and its charm by moving out into a bigger world you, I think you're seeing Kerry sort of tell her dad where to get off at some point would be good wouldn't it I That's, guess just, that, yeah. I would love to see that yeah. yeah I think he's got to get his comeuppance sooner or later somehow well, to, hopefully at the end of whatever they call the end of the the series so if, if series three is the last one the last episode that's when you want it to happen that's, oh, that's your high Kerry's mum maybe yeah I, I know mean, it's played by Daisy but yeah, yeah. it'd be interesting to see what they do with that I mean they can they could easily do it so they could they could Put with her, her gammon uh, feet wedged in her sandals. Well, that's what I yeah. think they should do. To yeah. see Kerry's mum, you should just see her feet. A bit like Tom and Jerry, yeah, where yeah. you just saw the me. I think <laughs> that should be yeah. how they do... Just the voice. <laughs> yeah. I, my fav- I think one of my favourite lines is that, Kerry, you've been having double dinners. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just... That's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Eduardo, thank yep. you very much. Yes, <laughs> thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure to have you here. It really has. Next time you are in, I'm going to get like a yellow tape and just put <laughs> it underneath. Yeah, because it's very <laughs> off-putting. It's Breaking not, news. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's just, put a box around me if you want. Very, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we'll get a little on, a, on your head. I'll, I'll bring my suit and Sky Sports oh, badge. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Uh, that'd be wonderful. Uh, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping. Ah, before we do... Yes. I need to uh, give a shout-out to our new Patreon patrons. So we have uh, Chris Molesley, Gemma Bradley, Laura Gollop, Joe McDonnell, and Alan Baker. Bloody Alan. So So how would they do that? They can go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF and uh, chuck us a few quid. All the different rewards are there. You can get some uh, wonderful cast signed bits and pieces fantastic um and for as little as one dollar it's in dollars because it's an american site we can't do anything about that unfortunately <laughs> can i just ask you what martin muckler's like in real life it is he anything like martin muckler yeah. he is a diamond he is yeah. a Cooper wonderful is wonderful like so, so daisy guy. hasn't written it based on her own relationship with her, her father i, I mean like I, I well she has we've not yeah, seen no, this yeah, side yeah. of him but that's the thing no. that fascinates me is what where she got the inspiration from and who she got the inspiration from. The thing is, certain characters living in Siren Sister, they're, um, 
you know who they are. Yeah. I mean, Slugs, Sl- yeah. Michael Sleggs is Slugs. Yeah. As much as he'll probably say he's not, he is. <laughs> really? He is pretty much that guy. Yeah. 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 He's a lovely guy. But Uncle Len. Uh, isn't, isn't Uncle, Uncle Len. Len. No, I mean, I, he's, he's, nothing, he's Daisy nothing. and Charlie's uncle. I yeah. mean, yeah. but it's... But he hasn't left his house because of clutter. No. <laughs> but I would imagine I there's know, people but... in Cyrus. There's a big Mandy. There's definitely a big yeah. Mandy in Siren. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, well, yeah. they even R- admitted running a ta- that, running a tattoo parlor. They did, yeah. I mean, it's... You wouldn't... All of them, all of the Coopers, are the nicest people you'll meet without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. I mean, they're all Daisy... good as well. That's amazing. That's the scary mm. thing about it. If they're, you know, if they're different to what they, because they're very well acted, isn't it? It is. It mm. is. But they make it look so natural. That's that's the thing. And if and and just wander around, Siren. I'm sure you'll see slugs because <laughs> he, he, you know, yeah. he seems to be. Uh, when, when, you, when you drop into Siren, I suppose it's a bit like Cheltenham, but when you drop in, it always seems really posh and gentrified, doesn't it? It, it does. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's the thing. When you live in Siren, you've, I've lived in Siren all my life. So you see the side of it before it got all tarted up, if yeah. you like. Yeah. Um, the sort of Poundland side of it, if you like. And then you have the M&S side well, of yeah, it. Well, yeah, we've got the lower end of the high street in Cheltenham where it's yeah. all Poundland and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's there are two sides to Siren. And um, I think they've encapsulated the Poundland side of Siren really, really well. Yeah, very close. Very close. Tracks, Absolutely. Yeah, tracksuit bottom. Exactly. That's yeah. it. The, exactly. I was just yeah. checking I haven't got my tracksuit yeah, no. bottoms on. <laughs> nothing wrong with no that. No disrespect probably... to Sports Direct yeah. and a great call out if you want to sponsor us, we'll be happy. Indeed. But the Sports Direct sort of clothing, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, you can never buy any sports equipment in Sports Direct. You? No. No. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. But it's, um, you know, if you, I mean, we've been very lucky that, like I say, we had uh, Paul... Um, Jimmy Walker, who played Dan, and Slugs, Michael Sleggs, come and join us for our first live show uh, back in May. And we've got another live show coming up in uh, November November, uh, with... well, we're not going to say who, who we've no. got of, the, of the, the the cast, but Craig Parkinson. Have you know Craig Parkinson? He does yeah, the, two, spell, the yeah. two Shot podcast, uh, okay, uh, yeah. and he's also in Misfits and Line, Line of, of Duty. Duty. He was yeah. in Line of Duty, Whitechapel. Oh, I'm sure um, I yeah, I definitely recognise him. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to join us on stage as a super fan. So that's yeah. going to be uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and we've only got four tickets left. Ooh. So, listeners, we have four tickets left. They're not together, but they're not together. They're all single <laughs> yeah, tickets, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, if you ever get a chance to meet them, they are wonderful, wonderful people. That sounds good. Well yeah, done. We happy birthday, guys! Well, oh, thank, thank you, you very much, much. and yeah. thank you for being part of our birthday celebration. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Play a little tune. <laughs> you should sing the song for us. <laughs> no, I don't think. I well, look so. forward to listening after the special as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, so you can find more. all of our um, podcasts and everything on the, all the usual. Um, outlets so you've got your apple podcast stitcher everything like that please do find us on the internet wtaf we've got the website um, because we're on amazon echo now are we on amazon yeah, if you just shout out um <laughs> play wtaf podcast it'll, it'll play all the podcasts you'll get alexa then and you're yeah, alexa alexa and all that. So, yeah, all so that if we stuff, just go yeah. quiet and we go alexa well, that, that should, there, yeah, yeah, there isn't one in here, so it doesn't work. No, but then anybody listening <laughs> oh, to I it, see what you mean. it reacts there. Yeah, Alexa, it's oh, quite yeah. fun. If you do it yeah. on the loudspeaker of a phone oh, and yeah. shout it, it gets there. You get, Alexa. The listens, to get two listens for the price of one. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. a great idea. Alexa, play WTAF podcast. There you are. What bloody else going on? Yeah. There? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot where I've got to now. That's fine. Um, WTAFpodcast.com is the website for all our merch. And, and uh, uh, you can email us at WTAFthiscountry at hotmail.com as well. Well done. You've got that one good. There. And we're on all the social medias, your Facebooks, your we Instagrams and everything like we that. We are indeed. 
and also uh, follow Ed for all Can't of his please, yeah. wonderful yeah. Uh, social media uh, football scenarios. Football scenarios. What was today's? Today's was the ball's dinked up to a striker. He controls it, rolls the defender, and bangs it in from the edge of the box. Which striker do you see in that scenario? Right. I went for Stan Collymore. You did. I said mm. Shearer. Yeah, Shearer. Well, it's not bad, is it? That's yeah. that, that kind of uh, that type Just of striker. strong. Yeah. yeah. Who would you ball. go for? Sheringham, maybe. He could do that. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he used to play off the main man, but he could definitely. He's, he's good at holding it. Oh, he could do that potentially. Mm. Yeah. But they're definitely a great way to get your brain working. Yeah. With those uh, football scenarios. Well, it's, not, it's a bit nostalgic, but it, like, it, sometimes you get bored of the whole kind of like. Oh, opinion and this guy sucks and that guy's great and you know yeah. it gets a bit heated doesn't it Twitter yeah. but there's... And, there's, and there's not a wrong answer as well yeah, yeah exactly that's, that's yeah. the great thing about it yeah. Ed thank you ever so much again yes thank you thank, thank you, you so so much thank you very much Neil thank you very much pal uh, that's it for another episode uh, so go and get plumbed you fuckers <laughs> Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year Daft cow this is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.